our, uh, our fall series, which was looking at the ordinary means of grace, the way in which God grows the Christian and grows the church. And it's not through the extraordinary. It's through the very ordinary things, through the ministry of the Word and through the sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper, and through prayer. And so we're finishing up today by looking at the early church and how they interacted with these three things, with the Word and the sacraments and prayer, and then what God brought about through that. So if you would, please stand. We're on page 10 as I read God's Word. From Acts 2, hear now the word. They were cut. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and your children. And for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word and were were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who who believed were gathered together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please take your seat. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Um, we We had really a pretty good Thanksgiving until the end and our entire family got sick. Um... So my wife and kids are at home, and I'm sick. If things that I say this morning don't make sense, please forgive me. (laughs) Because I feel like an elephant is sitting on my head. Um, If an elephant is actually sitting on my head, please let me know, okay? Because there's a problem there. Uh, We had had friends in from all across the country, believe it or not. Um, It was really a wonderful Thanksgiving. But... <clears throat> you know, in our holidays, just in our day-to-day life, there's so much, I was thinking about this, there's so much that's just so ordinary. For instance, a lot of us like, you know, particular dishes at Thanksgiving, right? Like, who here, who here likes, like, the dressing or stuffing the best? Okay, that's my favorite. Yes. There's nothing magical in that. You know, bread or cornbread, just normal spices, but it's in there with the right ingredients 
in the right proportions, and it's great. Sweet potatoes as well. Like some of you love the sweet potatoes. There's nothing magical about sweet potatoes, but you put it in with the right ingredients, with the right spices, you cook it at the right temperature, and it's really wonderful. What we see today, in the early church, there were fireworks. We can say that were going on. I love the 4th of July, and I love the fireworks. Uh, we, as a family, go to see the fireworks whenever we can. But you, did you know that fireworks are just built on ordinary chemicals? For the most part, uh, all different types of chemical salts, chlorine, copper, gunpowder. I mean, these are things that most of us have access to. But when they come together in a particular way, all at once, they create something really, really beautiful. And in the same way, when certain things come together in the life of the church, there are fireworks. And so the fireworks produced in the early church were created using ordinary ingredients available to us today. So if you look at it, today's outline, we're going to look at three things from the text today. We're going to look at what are the ordinary ingredients, what are the fireworks, and then finally, what ignites the reaction? So what are the ordinary ingredients, what are the fireworks, and what ignites the reaction? So take a look at verse 42. What are the ordinary ingredients? Okay, what are the ordinary ingredients used? In verse 42 it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So they devoted themselves to these things. So what is the apostles' teaching that they were devoting themselves to? It was the things that Peter and the others were saying to them, given by Jesus himself. What does that mean to us today? The apostles' teaching we have in the New Testament. So that's what the Scripture is to us. This is the apostles' teaching. But they also devoted themselves to, it says, the fellowship. Now, when you and I think about fellowship, I have a hunch it's really one or two just very specific things. But the Greek term for fellowship here is koinonia. And when the New Testament uses this word koinonia, it entails a sharing of all things. It can mean a sharing of physical things like food or material goods, but it can also mean a sharing of things like praying together or singing together, or worshiping together. So, when it uses the term fellowship here, what it means is they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the corporateness, that they were together in all things. And they also devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, you see there. Now, Luke, the physician, he wrote two books in the New Testament. He wrote the gospel according to Luke, and he also wrote Acts. And in the gospel, of Luke, the gospel according to Luke and in Acts, um, he mentions the Lord's Supper, but he never uses that name. He always uses the shorthand, the breaking of bread. So whenever in Luke or in Acts we see the breaking of bread, Luke intends that we read this as the Lord's Supper. 
The Lord's Supper is kind of Paul's term for it. Luke has the breaking of bread, but it means the same thing. And then also they devoted themselves to prayer. Now, notice this too. Look closely at the text in verse 42. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and the prayers. It's not just prayer, but to the prayers. This is meaning that they, it's not just as individuals, they devoted themselves to prayer. By saying the prayers here, what the scripture is teaching us is that they were devoting themselves to the corporate prayers together. That they were praying together. And so what are, what are these ordinary ingredients? It's very mundane, but very important. The ordinary ingredients are the corporate togetherness of the apostles' teaching, so the word, the breaking of bread, so the Lord's Supper, and then the prayers together. This is what they were devoting themselves to. You look at this, it's nothing, it's nothing magical. I feel like when, when we think about the early church, what we think of is crazy fireworks going off, amazing things and healings, people speaking in tongues. But if you look at the text, these were the things that they were devoted to. The very things that we here at Trinity want to be devoted to. So those are the main ingredients. But when these main ingredients come together, what happens? There are fireworks. So if you look in verses 43 and following, once they devote themselves to these ordinary ingredients, these means of grace, these amazing things happen within the life of the church. So what are the fireworks? If we look at verses 43 through 47, we see really kind of 11 different fireworks that are happening in the people because they were devoting themselves to the ordinary. So look at verse 43. We see, we see a couple things here. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So everyone had this sense of awe. Everyone was, was engaged emotionally. And this isn't, by the way, this isn't emotionalism. But everyone was engaged emotionally. When we come to church, when we worship together in this corporateness, we, it's important for us to be engaged emotionally because the, the gospel engages every part of who we are. And not only did they have this awe, oh, they had these wonders and signs. Take a look at it. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. This isn't done through all the people. We shouldn't expect that TJ, when he's leading singing, would do some marvelous wonders and signs. He's not an apostle. Or Pastor Blake or myself. We're not apostles. The apostles are gone. Yet, wonders and signs were being done here in the early church through the apostles. So the two fireworks there, awe and wonders and signs. But look at verse 44. And all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. They had community. You know, one of the things that uh, I've noticed since we moved to Owasso 
And correct me if I'm wrong after, after the service, like not right now, please. That would be really awkward. Um, Owasso, we've loved Owasso. One of the main reasons why is because of y'all. This church has been awesome. Um, one thing that I've noticed about Owasso is there's, there's a lot of people who are really busy but who are really lonely. Have y'all seen that? You notice that? I think it's easy to be involved in like your kids' sports. It's easy to be, you know, to go shopping. And there's this one road that has every store you could ever imagine on it, right? It's easy to do stuff with school, stuff with band, stuff with sports, stuff with family, and yet kind of go home and you're lonely. The church has an answer to that. Verse 43 says, or excuse me, 44, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Now, do you really think that they had all things in common? I mean, of course, there were poor and there were rich. I mean, there were people of, of different origins of birth. What it's talking about here is they had all things in common because they were a part of the same body. And when you come into the church, you're not better or worse than the person next to you. There's no hierarchy. We're all brothers and sisters. The church is the answer to this loneliness that we can just find in our community. Because we have real community in here. That is a firework. We don't think that community is a firework, really, but it is. It's a place where you can come and you can be known. You can be yourself. This is why we push community groups as a church. Community groups aren't places to come where you show off where you kind of put on a pretense, where you wear makeup on your soul. It's a place where you come and you be yourself. You be known as you are and loved as you are. Okay? So that's a firework. That's an amazing firework. Community. So the fourth firework here, look at verse 45. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. A couple fireworks here. One is sacrifice. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing proceeds to all as any had need. They were sacrificing for each other. They were saying, you need money more than I need whatever this gadget is. I don't know what the gadgets were in, you know, 30, 35 AD. But they said, you need this more than I need this to sacrifice. But also, look, this concern for justice. They were distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Now, a lot of people, I think, come to this text and say, ah, the early church were communist. But that's not the case at all. I mean, really, look at it. It doesn't say they were being told to sell their possessions and the hierarchy was taking that and distributing it. No, 
on their own accord, the people were saying, my brother and sister has need, and they themselves took their own possessions and sold it to help out the brothers and sisters in need. There's a concern for justice here. So look at verse 46. We get three different fireworks here, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they receive their food with glad and generous hearts. More fireworks, commitment, day by day. Did you imagine what it would be like to meet together for worship every day? I mean, it would be exhausting as a pastor, quite honestly. But do you know there's been times in church history where that, where that happened? The sermons weren't like they are now, but they were committed. They were committed to each other. They were committed. And also, hospitality. They were breaking bread in their homes. They were having people into their homes. Strangers, maybe, except brothers and sisters in the faith. So commitment, hospitality, also thanksgiving. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. They were really honestly thankful for the things that God had given them, individually, but also as a body. So the fireworks of commitment, hospitality, and thanksgiving. And then turn uh, to verse 47. More fireworks. They were praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Praise. They were also having outward favor. It wasn't just favor among themselves. They were doing things and behaving in such a way that the watching world saw them in a positive light. Their concern for justice their sacrifice for each other, their commitment to each other. When people see those sorts of things, when the outside world sees those sorts of things, how can they not love it? I mean, these are beautiful things. And they had outward favor. And then look, the last sentence, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The last part work there is growth. They were growing. Now, this was kind of unique because in the book of Acts, you'll have 3,000 or 5,000 people being saved in one sermon. Oh, my goodness. It's an amazing thing. But could you imagine at this time the excitement of those who were in the upper room right before Pentecost? you know, a hundred or so. And then Peter preaches the word and thousands believe. Could you imagine that many people coming to Jesus at once? How exciting that would be. Could you imagine even something like that at Trinity? I mean, we would be excited if five people believed, let alone 5,000. It's an amazing thing. So, I want to point out something. Like, here's all the fireworks. In light of the church doing the ordinary things, then all of the fireworks happen. 
it seems like a lot of a lot of Christians we chase the fireworks but forget the right ingredients. If you notice the way that the text reads, it's not the church devoted themselves to awe and praise and outward favor. No, no, no. The church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And then God, through these ordinary ingredients, produced the fireworks. And so a lot of times in our Christian life, it seems like we want fireworks, but we grab a Q-tip and we light it, and we expect something amazing to happen. And it's not going to happen, because we're using the wrong ingredient. You don't get the fireworks that the early church had without the same ordinary ingredients, the word, the sacraments, and prayer. Now, here's one application of that. Our goal in worship is not to walk in with a sense of awe, for instance, but to walk out with one. When you walk in to worship here at Trinity, it's not at all expected or even desired that you come in with your A game. You come in as you are. If you're, if you're happy and excited to praise Jesus, great. If you just dragged yourself in, barely, great. If you come, this seems, this seems to be really common. If you come and you've had an argument with your spouse, at least you're here. By the way, this is an aside. I think, I think most arguments in marriage for Christians actually happen on a Sunday morning. And that's Satan's devices to try to get us, to keep us from coming here. So if you have an argument with your spouse, come. No matter what we do, we come and we, let's say, we trust the process. We trust the ways in which God promised to work. And we can relax. We come and we know that he works through his word. We know that he works through the Lord's Supper. We know that he works through prayer. And so we don't come in requiring a sense of awe, but we expect that God will change us on a Sunday morning. That he will, through the ordinary, produce fireworks, even small fireworks in our lives. So, You can have the right ingredients to make the fireworks. But if you don't have a way to ignite the fuse, nothing happens. Right? Those of us who have used fireworks in the past, you can can buy a bunch of them, you can set them on the ground, and you know what they're going to do? Not one thing unless you light it. So what lights the fuse? What ignites the reaction? Take a look in verses 37 to 38. Now, when they, the they there is the crowd that Peter was preaching to, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, 
What shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What ignites the reaction? What ignites? What's the match? Right here in this text, the match is this, believing the gospel. Believing the gospel is the match that lights the whole thing. Let me paint a picture for you. You can avail yourself to the right ingredients. You can, you can hear the word. You can take of the supper. You can participate in the prayers. You can show up every Sunday morning. But unless you believe the gospel, that there is a Savior who died for your sins, who conquered death for you, then these ordinary ingredients don't do anything for you. It's like a Roman candle sitting on the ground. The thing that makes the reaction start and carries it to completion is not the ordinary ingredients. It's not the fireworks. It's believing the gospel. That there is a Savior. Look at it in verse 38. To repent, to turn and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is one of the wonderful things about Trinity. Is that as a church, the leadership wants to keep the gospel central. We can never get beyond the gospel. We don't want to say, okay, now, now that you understand the gospel, now let's really dig into the word. We want to say, yes, now that you get the gospel, great. Now let's go back to it. Now let's go back to it. Now let's go back to it. Because that is the thing that drives the entire reaction. That is the thing that changes us. An understanding of who Jesus is for us. Yeah, we want to be healthy. We want to look like the early church. And that's us believing the gospel and us devoting ourselves to the ordinary. I know that in, a, in the world of evangelicalism, this might sound really strange, but I hope, you know, through this series and even this morning, we see the thing that the early church and historically the church has devoted themselves to is very simple, to the word, to the sacraments, and to prayer. But through it, we trust Jesus. We trust Jesus, and all of these things are here to point us to him. I mean, this is, if we look at it, 
even in the supper. So if you're following along, um, on page 11, we're about to give our tithes and our offerings, but like even in the supper, these things are here to point us back to Jesus. The word here is point us to Jesus, to point us to the gospel. The prayers here to point us back to Jesus and the gospel. So uh, let's give thanks and let's pray together. Uh, Father, we th- we're thankful that Jesus is enough. We're thankful that we can rest, that we don't have to come in to worship um, kind of producing anything on our own. We're thankful that we can just devote ourselves to the main ingredients and trust in our Savior and then trust you to work. I thank you for the simple formula. And I thank you that you are happy to work through us in that way. So now, Father, please be continue to be at work as we continue to devote ourselves to the ordinary. Amen. So as we continue to worship with the giving and uh, receiving our tithes of offerings, uh, a big thank you to the youth group for greeting this morning, for putting pencils in your chairs, and for helping take up the offering. Uh, Also, um, don't forget to um, fill out your green Connect card. By the way, they're printed on green paper this morning to remind you of our Christmas offering, which is coming up in two weeks. Um, please be praying about that, what you want to give for that offering, but also um, think ahead, December, you're not going to be here, or you want to give early and you want to get the Christmas offering started moving, you can give online, everything's all set up, you can give online and um, start giving to the Christmas offering uh, now, even, even today. All right, so let's pray and give thanks to God for all of his goodness to us. Lord, thank you so much for your great gifts to us, for your love, for giving us more than we need. Lord, please accept now our, our, our gifts, our tithes, our offerings, as, Lord, we return to you what is already yours so that it can be used to further your kingdom here in this church in this state, in this country, in this world, Lord. Let it all be to your glory and honor. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen.